Welcome to Fiction Authors Talk Books, or Fat Books Podcast. This episode, I'm talking with the wonderful Letty Frame about a bunch of this and that. I named this podcast Fiction Authors Talk Books because I wanted to incorporate all aspects of being a fiction author in the discussions. Being an author is a stressful job with high expectations from both ourselves and our fans, so this will always be a chill conversation that probably goes off topic most times, but we'll have some fun. If you enjoyed the podcast and would like to see your favorite author on here, send them this link and they can get in touch with us at fatpookspodcast at gmail. We take all authors who write fiction and have been published as long as they're polite. Thanks for joining and on to the podcast. Okay, so character hijinks that didn't make it to the page. Oh, you know what? That's only happened in one book for me. And it's not that it didn't make it onto the page. It just got bumped from book one to book two. And that's it. Okay. Yeah, I don't think I've ever, like, put things, like, fun things or anything. No? So, I don't, yeah, I don't have that either. Like, yeah, I've bumped it to, or, like, I've I've done it, like, into a different perspective or something. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I haven't really bumped anything either like that, or it's not made it to the pages, because uh, especially the hijinks are lots of fun, you know, when they're whatevering. For me, though, like, I've got books that i haven't published or whatever or like will never see the light of day if you, i don't know if it's character hijinks if you don't know the characters yet it's just like <laughs> i've got books that i've abandoned or it didn't it wasn't gonna be a thing like it went too dark um okay so you have some questions that you received from your peeps um what inspired you to become a writer and do you have any advice for new writers yeah so inspiring me to become a writer it wasn't even like I've always read a lot like last year when I was on maternity leave I read nearly 1400 books that was with a newborn not sleeping and up all night but it was COVID times and obviously everything shut down I don't know what it was like for America but for us we had a long time where you couldn't go out and do anything you literally were just stuck home um so it's Jake pushed me into it. He was like, why don't you start? And I started and I scrapped it and then I started and I scrapped it. And then eventually I sat down and that's just how Lottie and Luna came about. It wasn't even like a full on desire for me until Jake was like, why don't you try? And he needled me for a while and I'm talking, it went over for like a couple of weeks before I even started trying. And I hid it from him for a while in case he'd laugh or anything. Not, you know, I know he pushed me into it, but yeah, I was very embarrassed. Well, yeah, it. It's hard to start anything like that and yeah. want to show somebody that you respect their opinion. Like, that's not, that's normal. That's it. And it's, it's honestly one of the best decisions I had made. I was in uni studying law. Um, I should have been graduating law school this month. Oh, wow. And it was the best decision I've ever made. Like, I genuinely, I love what I do. And I love that it means I can be home now with my child. And like, you know, I can take out a baby class. We can go play out in the sun. And I don't need to like worry because I can't be there. Yeah. Wait, you were going to be a lawyer? I was yeah like honestly all throughout school I'd known up until I was 11 I wanted to be a doctor and I was adamant that oh, I would doctor be. sorry no 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 no. so up until I was 11 years old I was adamant I'd be a doctor my mom would tell everybody I was so proud I knew that's exactly what I would do until well I, we were talking about this actually I had to go and get my bloods done because I was the one where we got anemic and obviously I'm not I've just got low I air constant iron but they mm-hmm. took my bloods, and I was like yeah no I can never ever do that so I sat and I researched. <laughs> I came completely from that point and I was like, I want to be a lawyer. And from 11 all the way up to even applying in a uni and going to law school, I knew that was what I wanted to do, which is why it's now such a big change that I've went from that to such a creative thing. Oh my God, that's so like, funny. For our family and everything. Like, yeah, it's, I've been always known what to do, what I wanted to do. I had such a clear path 
And now I'm just like living the creative lifestyle and I've honestly never been happier with it. Yeah. So the one silver lining from COVID is we got a new uh, awesome author from it. That is actually very sweet. I love that. What about you? What inspired you? So I've always wanted to do it. I've wanted to do it since I was a little kid. I used to, I've, I've talked about this a lot, so I'll, I'll quickly answer. I used to go home and rewrite the endings of my day. Like I was bullied a lot as a kid. I have issues with my family. I'm, I'm no contact with both my parents. And anytime anything happened, I would rewrite the ending. So that's actually how I got into it or wanted to always be into it. Um, in college, I actually wrote a children's book and worked on a novel that I was very excited about but my apartment got burglarized senior year and everything was gone even the backup and uh, I just kind of gave up on it I kind of took it as a sign that like yeah clearly this isn't what should be I graduated and got an adult job I a couple different ones and then there was a layoff and a thing and a thing and then I just kind of jumped into it like sink or swim I, I and I wrote the first two Dr. Kelly Murphy books in like three weeks I just like yeah like a month or something and I went all out and uh yeah it was kind of the the start of everything and then co-authoring with uh Stormy Glenn and getting all into that and writing male male and then jumping back into male female and it's yeah it's been quite the ride over <laughs> a lot of years and okay so any advice you have for new writers do you know what I think this it's gonna sound so cynical as well but like Oh, it won't be worse than mine. It won't be worse than mine. You've got to do research into who people are. I think one of... I, <laughs> I feel so good. Like you do, I've had lots of different things not work out with different editors, um, personal assistants, and so on. And it's you get very excited and very quick. And I, I feel like maybe this is just a me thing, but definitely research a lot into what you're doing, who you want to work with, what cover designers, what editors, what the whole process is rather than just being very naive of it it's eventually it will be your life if that's what you want to do and this is a career and you want to make it a business you actually have to do that sort of stuff so don't fall for the traps immediately like I did yeah no and we've all done that my advice is well that's true you're the the question okay so I won't be as cynical as normal because the question isn't actually what what do you advice you have for people who want to become an author mine is always don't become one because unless you have a clawing need to do this it's not a very it's not a light and fluffy it's not an easy industry it's it's a bit of soul chomping yeah it's actually for new writers probably who've already published or whatever my advice is to listen to yourself don't listen to others I had a lot of editors tie me up into everything wrong because I trusted they had my best interest in heart or they were looking out for me or they had the experience and that meant something. You are here to tell a story. People will or will not want to read that story, but trust your gut. I had just talked to somebody in our writing group the other day. If somebody is being demeaning to you, that's not allowed. I don't care if they have your best interest at heart or if they're trying to help you, if at any time they're making you doubt yourself as opposed to giving constructive criticism, cut them out. I wish I had learned that earlier, that there is there's a way to say that this isn't working or you're not vibing with something without being like, what is wrong with you? Just Just listen to yourself more than others because opinions are like assholes. Everybody has one and not all of them are great. Yeah bring off that actually as well another thing I would say is 
just because you send your book to an editor and they come back with lots of comments, they will. Your their, their job is to make it better. You know, they fix all your grammar. It's okay to put that to the side for a few days and then come back to it. Nobody likes reading through. I think you actually said this as well. You have to be psychotic if you actually like to go through your yeah. edits. Yeah, I've said That's that several it. times. There's something mentally wrong with you. There's a sensitivity chip missing in you. Yes. If you enjoy going through your edits and reading the list of ways you messed up, oh, nobody yes. likes that. No. I love my editor. My editor's fantastic. We're friends. Yes. She is awesome. Uh, she's on vacation and she's sending me pictures of her kids from it. Like she's, Aww. I love her. I hate getting edits from her. Edits are not yes. fun. <laughs> Even when they phrase it nicely and that little passive aggressive, oh, yeah. do you think so? Would be better? Well, no. <laughs> Even when they're clean edits, they're not fun. It's yeah. it's a it's a it's a document of ways you messed up. It. But it doesn't mean you're a bad writer. No matter yeah. how many comments you get, you can always that's it. You take it and you improve. Heck, I'm I've been doing this so long that mine are actually fairly clean, and I get upset. And my editor laughs at me so hard because I'll send them back and I'll be like, "I don't think you found enough things wrong. Could you really focus on this chapter? <laughs> there weren't that many corrections." And she's like, "You've been doing this 13 years." I'm like, "Yes, and I know how badly I mess up. You need to look at this <laughs> chapter a little bit more." She's like, "Maybe you just really had a good day." And it was going well. And I'm like, no, I'm not that good. <laughs> so, yeah, I actually like, get more awesome. panicked when things come in. <laughs> but there you said you were like, look at this chapter. And I feel like that's something I didn't feel like I could do with my early editors. Whereas now I'm like, okay, I'm struggling with this chapter. Please highlight all of the crappy areas. Like, just going hard on it. And it's also getting comfortable with a certain person. It took me two yes. years to feel comfortable with my editor to do that, too, because I'm a weenie and I don't like confrontation <laughs> and I don't like upsetting people. And I always feel like I'm being mean. So <laughs> that's it. How do you choose what to write about? I, I genuinely have no idea. Well, you're a plotter, whereas I'm a pantser. None of my stories, like Nora's came to me, which is my newest, that came to me during like a depressive phase. I just started writing and then I had to unjumble all of the words to make it into a book. Whereas I honestly, I don't know, like I have a random document with files and ideas in and I don't know where they come from. Like, I don't know anything could just inspire me. <laughs> so mine are normally start off as dreams. Oh, I love that. So for Artemis, the first scene I ever had in my head was Tamsin getting her wings. That's and so that was a dream. Oh, my God. I don't know what I had seen that day. The I, I have very vivid dreams. I always have. I also have had dreams in black and white, which I guess is super weird. And I wasn't supposed to admit because I freaked somebody out once. But I have super vivid dreams. I guess part of it is because I do get migraines and I have trouble sleeping. So I wake up a lot in the middle of the night. I don't know if any of that is actually true. Yeah. So the first scene or the first thing I ever, I don't know what I had or if I just had indigestion. I don't really know. But I dreamed about Tamsin and getting her wings that way. And then I just kind of focus on her. I think think of her before I go to bed and kind of that scene and then I kind of just dream about more stuff like I actually the next scene was the ending of the series Ooh. so that was actually the second idea or what I knew would happen so I've always known how the books will end then it was actually Neldor at the pool where he's an asshole and she pushes him at the pool and freezes it over <laughs> that was the next scene so it's not normally that across the board like that when did you know that Artemis would be as big as, as it is in terms of like, book length? Did you always know? Because like you say, it's come to you in part. 
So did you always know it would be such a big, expansive 25, well, 26 now book series? No. No? Well, I originally set up the first as just kind of like an intro. And then I kind of thought, yeah, like one book a quarter of, you know, half a semester or maybe a semester. And I wasn't really sure how the first would go. I honestly thought it was going to flop. So I just kind of planned to do like the first year. And if it didn't completely flop, maybe I'd do like four books for a college year. So yeah, I kind of laid it out to be like that many books. I've added an extra. So then it comes up to, yeah, like 26 books. But yeah, the original thing was like 25 books if it didn't uh, completely flop. But I thought it was going to. (laughs) I thought it was going to like the Witches series that nobody read. So, you know, that's how I come up with my stuff. Seraphine was a little bit different. I had watched a movie. I know a lot of people think it's just like uh, Anita Blake. And I mean, it's it's the same genre or whatever. It's the same kind of woman sleuth category or whatever. But it's, it's it really is very vastly different. Yeah, very, very different. Yeah. But I had watched something. It was a murder mystery something. God, I can't <laughs> even remember. And... But I just, it just sparked something. And I was like, God, that'd be so cool if she was a werewolf. If it was, it was a she and she was, and it was a werewolf. And I, I don't know. I dreamed about it that night. It was a mafia something or other. And the, it was one of those like murder mystery kind of movies. And it was like, you were supposed to feel bad for the criminals. And I hate that. I hate that crap. I never feel bad for the criminals. I don't like, I never saw the Godfather. I never, why do you feel bad for the people who are killing everybody? Like, why do you feel bad for them? And why should I sympathize with crooks? Like, I, I never, I never liked that. I don't know. It was something like that where you're supposed to feel bad for the poor, poor criminal who's like killed like 14 people or something. And I don't know. It just, it came about that. And I was like, oh, it'd be fun if she was like a werewolf and she was FBI. And like, I don't know. I just started dreaming about it. So yeah, that's how I choose what to write. And I don't, I don't write real life. Like I've had so many people be like, so when are you going to do non-paranormal? I'm like, never. Like content. Well, that's it. I think those people are like, I, I don't know if you've caught one of my runs about, not runs, but. I think contemporary, I I enjoy reading it. I think it's so crazy how they make good stories because it's like little things like, I don't know, my character, if she wants to go somewhere, she can teleport there. My other character, if she gets hurt, that's okay. She can heal herself. Yeah. These people have actually got to like plan out timings, plan out travel time. It's it's crazy to me. Like it genuinely blows my mind how they can still make a myth of boot, but it be real life. Well, you can teleport her somewhere, but you have to keep a whole different mythology straight of why she can teleport and stuff. So it's not like our books are any easier. I mean, I have a whole other world in fairy with rules and made up things and stuff. That's a little bit more complicated than worrying about how long the flight is to say London. (laughs) So yeah, I no, I get you. I just, I like K dramas. I do read some contemporary now and again, like the short little novellas that are just like a quick night. They're more erotica, where it's it's more for the, you know, bounce, chicka, bounce, bounce. Racy, that's the word I was looking for. They're racier than mine, and it's more just for the heated, you know, ending. Moment. Yeah, that's uh, those are the kind of ones that, and I haven't in so long, God, I haven't read anything for so long. That's not my own damn edits or post-edits. You said how... It's not kind of job that is just like for the faint-hearted and it's really not, they don't understand the desire. Like some days, shy, you're really excited about what you want to write. Other days, it's really nice outside and you don't want to sit and write, but it's still a job. You've got to do it. And you've got your family or friends or anyone who doesn't really understand how much goes into it. It's not an easy job. And that, that was literally it. Yeah. Yeah. It's honestly, I had some writer, author friends before 
and things went toxic because I had issues with my last pen name, whatever. And for so long, I stopped having author friends. But finding you, finding Sedona, Maggie, Ivy, some other ones that now I've made friends with, it's actually really helped because it's, it is important to have friends that are not in the business. Like my best friend here, I've talked about her several times. Our dogs are dating. We walk uh, generally every day. I love her because she's a good person. She also gives zero craps that I'm an author. She doesn't care. Like she works in insurance and to her, like our jobs are just whatever, clock in, clock out. It's not, she understands that I'm a workaholic and she tries to get me to like be easier on myself. And she understands my job is a little, you know, isn't clearly isn't like a nine to five, but she just doesn't care, which is really nice to like snap out of it. Like I talked to you and I talked to others in the group and I'm like, I'm just not feeling it today. And you're all like, go take a nap, whatever, go take a nap, chill out, whatever, come back tomorrow. And it's that it's like, you get it. If I'm, if I can't focus, if I can't think, it's not going to be worth anything. Just go rest instead and recharge. Or so I think it's, I think it really is important to find a safe, actually good group, or at least an author, Bessie or somebody who understands this is not a normal job. It's like how cops are all friends with cops or firemen are all friends with. It's a, it's a weird job that other people just don't get. No. And I was saying, so I was talking to my friend Ali, who I've added into the group and stuff as well. And I was saying to her, like, it's a very different environment because we're here to support each other with work. It's like having co-workers at a job who actually want you to do well versus having friends with the same job as you. Yeah. We get it. We're here and we want to work and do well and see each other succeed. And I think you miss that in a lot of, like, friendships and relationships and they don't get it. Hard. Yeah. <laughs> It is hard. I did have the one day where even I was talking to you because it's a very eclectic group. So some people in the group do things that I don't professionally agree with. And I'm not looking down on anybody. It's just not how I roll. And it was very eye-opening of like, how do I get over this? How do I whatever? It's like anything else. It's it's just not how you do things. And it's it's trying to learn that like, you can like the person and not have the same business model or whatever. So But it is important to like see that different side. I mean, sometimes the best way to see the author or the businesswoman you want, a business person you want to be, is to see what other people are doing that you don't want to do. Or even like parenting. Like I've had people, friends of mine who have kids that are like, I learned half of my parenting skills from seeing my friends do things I know I don't feel comfortable with or that's not how I want to raise my kid. I don't know. I'm not a parent, so I'm 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 tossing that one to you. You can answer that one. No, yeah, I get that. Like, I will say, not my windows are open, lovely. <laughs> but we've got a neighbor who's got a little girl who's literally the same age as Del. There's one day between them, and they're so lovely to see them play together. But then mm-hmm. it's also very different. Like the things we do, like we've always encouraged like free play. They've often got things like I don't know, got her in like a playpen and things like that where we've got different styles and it's like okay well I wouldn't do that Mm -hmm. so then I know I'll not do that and yeah no I totally get that yeah I think it's important and it's not necessarily wrong oh god what is that one where do you take her to the playroom or whatever what is it which one Where, where you take your daughter to that thing that you say in the group a lot the free play what is it oh so well free play it's I mean like so they'll often have their little one when she eats they'll put her in a pram whereas we'll often have her out in Roman and stuff like that but I think you mean soft play like when that I that one yes big, yes like the big and say it again soft play soft play do you call it a jungle gym an indoor jungle gym yeah that's it yeah well we do soft play and it's honestly it's fab I love it well and you're saying it in a group where it's mostly romance <laughs> 
authors and you're like i've got to take i've got to head off to soft play and several of us were like what the because you all you ukers knew what it was but then those of us from the u.s were dming on the side like soft play what is she going to a dungeon with her husband what are we soft playing is this like a class does do we do we need to know like is is letty becoming like a mistress do we need like what are we doing here and so finally i went into the group and was like what is soft play please explain and you're like oh it's i think you guys call it a jungle gym and so we we had a separate dm chat and we were all like oh my god that yeah, i'm so sad i missed that like because yeah that's it it's literally well we were mortified we were like what is going on we should have just asked but it's one of those things like you yeah. know you guys you guys were all like oh, okay yeah have fun and we're like what the <laughs> hell are they talking about oh my god it was so funny it was so funny and then like not because we're like pervs because it's the thing with your daughter and we're all like are they going to like a dungeon like soft play soft porn like soft what (laughs) and you're going to a jungle like the most innocent thing ever you're going to a jungle gym with your daughter we're like oh we're all going to hell Uh, Uh, i think that's just romance offense as a whole yeah i mean we're all working on serious scenes we all let off some steam anyway so that's it yeah Okay, so next question. Who is your favorite character and why? I'm assuming that's favorite character we've written. I'm assuming. But oh my god. I, I don't think... I've I don't know. It's from your question list. I'm <laughs> assuming that's... I just picked it off the form. I, honestly, I don't think I could pick one. I love all my female man characters. Yeah, I like all my characters. I wouldn't write an asshole. Like... No. No, I, I genuinely... I don't even think I have like an least favorite character because we've all got a purpose yeah no. i mean I, I don't like the villains duh like i it's like trying to pick your favorite kid or your favorite fur baby no. or something i couldn't like i genuinely couldn't they've all got their different strengths and they've all got their own little annoying quirks but no i like all of my characters yeah all of them <laughs> yeah i do too what book was your favorite to write oh what was your least favorite Oh, what was yours? Okay, so my favorite and my least favorite books are the same. Oh. My favorite is my Dr. Kelly Murphy, the first book, because it was the first book I ever wrote. And it was the first, I took a huge leap on that, and I just put it all in, and I put it all on the line, and I went with it. It's also the most cringe thing I've ever, I, it's, I, even with all the editing it's had, and I go back and I'm just like, oh, 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 which is great that I've gotten better in like 14 years, because I wrote that before, way before I was published even. So it's good that I've gotten better 14 years later, but, so it's my favorite because it will always have that special place in my heart. But it is also the most cringe dialogue, and there are places in there that I'm like, oh, I would like to melt into the floor now that I ever put this. It is published with my name, my real name on it. Like, yeah, so that's my answer. (laughs) My favorite one, I think, would be my Second Chances trilogy, especially the first one, because Mm -hmm. that's what I wrote about when I was in my little depressive haze. And it was so much of me was put into it. And obviously, it's went through so much where I've now, because I did not write it in order. Like, honestly, I wrote 70k words. How do you write a trilogy out of order? Oh my god, I would lose my mind. (laughs) Honestly, it was not the full trilogy. It was the first book. Some of the scenes were bumped to the second one, but mostly i wrote 70k words in about five days and it was moved around but there was so much of me and i really liked that book and it had 
a very good response with a lot of people who could resonate with it yeah so I really honestly I still do love I'm even writing the last one and you've seen how hard that is taking but I do well, love You've got like 14 books in that last book. Dear Lord. I'm nearly done. It'll be done on Sunday. Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> I want to finish the last of my trilogy by Sunday too. So oh, there you go. We'll hold each other accountable. Uh-huh. So what was the other part? Was it now my least favorite book? Yeah. So this one actually makes me sad because I really love it. But I think my uh-huh. least favorite would be Freya's series mm-hmm. because one I really loved it was one that kind of linked with my Luna series and then it's just not sold anywhere near as well oh it's so hard when your kids don't do well yeah it just sank and it makes me really sad because I I love it and I'm still gonna write it in my spare time but Mm -hmm. it's not one I'm gonna be pushing out because there's no point sales wise and it just breaks my heart a little bit because she did have such a good story to tell and now it's like well nobody likes your story you're a bit crap I don't feel that way but yeah yeah no it's really heartbreaking when that happens I have the um, Naughty Witches series I have like four more books that I could put out with that series but it would honestly cost me more to pay my editor to do it and put time into the covers and everything that's my biggest issue as well it's the time like yeah money yeah it's obviously you need money and it's fleeting but it will come back where is the time that you sink into it well you've lost time and I thought they were great they were a bit racier but they were cute little novellas where she's the boss and you know a younger guy and something a little bit something something and I just I loved them I thought they were so great and like two people have read them and it just it breaks my yeah, heart that's for it. them. it's like why do you not love my child <laughs> yes yeah. What did what what did they do wrong? Why 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 why? Oh, this is a good one. Do you have a celebrity crush? Oh, do you know what? Okay, I am completely. I'm only interested in the penis. I really am. But Anna Kendrick. I don't know if you know who she is. She's from. If I oh yeah, yes, I love her absolutely. Any like full on. I I really love her. <laughs> Yeah, no, she is, yeah, if I was, she's yeah. my type. She's she's a sad That's queen. it. I'm looking up the, the guy that I like, because his name is hard to say, so I wanted to send you the pictures of him. Ooh. Okay, I just posted the, the link of the guy that- I like him. Is he an actor? Yes, he's a K-drama actor, a Korean actor. Um, He's in that series, It's Okay to Not Be Okay, the Netflix one that I like. I'm gonna try and say his name, Kim Son-hoon. I, he is- all the yummy 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 yeah that's that's my current obsession i I have a a couple (laughs) yeah i'm always a fan of chris evans yeah gotta love chris evans yeah i mean how can you not he just seems like a genuinely nice guy same with chris hemsworth though too you could get me going all through the the avengers here though he's married the moment they're married they're like ken dolls to me though that's it the turn (laughs) off Yeah, they really are. I mean, he seems lovely. He's yes. very yes, he's very attractive. Please take off your shirt. But the moment they're married, I can't like lust after them. It feels cheap. No. Or like icky. Bit disrespectful to the wife too, to be fair. Yeah, and they're like high school sweethearts. Yes. Super I think super cute. He's a good dad. He loves his kids. Like I just all around. I will say that I have a Minecraft crush that I've never seen the person's face, but they have like the best voice ever. What's his name or their name? <laughs> I don't know his real name, but I play his stuff a lot when I go to sleep. Or I there's a couple guys that I put their streams on to go to sleep just because there's other noise in the room. Jake does that too. Like he'll watch a lot of. Well, he watches Minecraft too. Like he's the door ethos. 
I don't know. Mm-hmm. I could be saying these names wrong. Say the name. Etho. Etho? Yeah, him. Jake watch him. He's one I know. Etho Slab. Ethos Lab. Yes. That's my crush. Oh my yes. God, I gotta mention that to him. Because do they not do a thing where they play in a, this? Please correct me if I'm wrong, but they play in the same world and there's a few different YouTubers in the old the same series. Yeah, Hermitcraft. I watch, you watch Hermit- it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I watch it too. Ooh, they, oh. There are a couple. I I watch uh, XB Crafted. I watch Impulse Tango. I watch a bunch of them, and I watch their streams a lot at yeah. night. And it's not so much that I watch the streams or I need it's Vader. If anybody walks in the hallway at night, Vader freaks oh, out, no. and he can hear it from my bedroom. So it's just easier to have something playing. <laughs> and if I play the streams on YouTube, they keep going, so there's yeah. always noise. But yeah, I I don't know. I've never met the guy. I've never seen his face. He's I it's not I, maybe not a crush, but he's I like just want to reach through and like pinch his <laughs> cheeks. He's just always so sweet. He's got a very nice voice and he's always like laughing at himself oh. and I'm like I just I just want maybe I just want to adopt him and be my friend. I don't know. But yeah, that's my gaming crush, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's exactly what Jake. He'll sit and have something on, especially like going to sleep. Like when he does, obviously he's been doing night shifts, so he'll sleep upstairs when we're out throughout the day and he'll have something playing on the TV like that just to keep my stimulated. Yeah. I watch Captain Sparkles and Pizza Hut and all the other guys do their things, but they're all from the Vault Hunter server. That's the game I actually play a lot because I play Minecraft and I play a lot of the mods. So that's I, that's the next question. What's your guilty pleasure? And mine is Minecraft. And I have to stop. That's why I actually watch it a lot because I get my fix then because if I start getting into the game, you won't see me for weeks and I won't write. And then people get mad that there are books. So it's just safer that I watch. Like, that's what I watch. But yeah, mine is Minecrafting. What's your guilty pleasure? Do you, are you? The Sims. I don't know if you've ever played it. The Sims. It's literally like. No, I know what it is. Yeah. Oh, well then there you go. That's it. The Sims. I will go through that. I will go through the mods and add them all on. And honestly, I you could lose me for, like you said, weeks. And I'll go through a phase where I play for so much and then I don't touch it. To be fair, I've not really played it much since I've yeah. had Dell, but before that, I would go through a massive thing. It got to the point where I was buying lots of the like game packs and stuff, and I had to like, limit myself. I was like, okay, I'll only buy them when I get my student loan, because I swear, I got oh, no. so... I loved it. I still do. I love it. Yeah, I'll go on. I'll... I'm not very good at keeping them alive, to be honest, but that's the fun. I haven't played. I've seen the stuff and like how you can like mate babies yeah. and stuff and all that weird. Yeah, to build your houses and then yeah, you play as the people and if they're annoying us, I'll kill them off and yeah. Okay then. Well, right, okay, okay. So there's it's a so mod funny. where you can kill your person and you can then like get with the Grim Reaper. I'm, I'm telling you, it's mm-hmm. The Sims, it's a dangerous place. But... Apparently, worse than meta, apparently. <laughs> That's so funny. Okay, I think we got time for one last one. Oh, and this actually fits into the my whole rant earlier. I think the last episode part we're doing. Um, have you ever tried to write a novel for a genre you rarely or never read? No, that's it. Um, I read romance, so that's quite thingy. But even like what I was saying to you about House God now, like apocalyptic is just not my thing i can't like it's not mine either that's it so i've never that's so i have done it yeah i love that it's not mine either i generally don't like it that's i mean i like zombie movies but i generally don't like apocalyptic that's why i pushed myself to do it and do something different with it and i struggle with like some have been done well whereas some of them i just can't get into them yeah no i mean 
Well, I don't like scary movies in general and scary stuff in general. It gives me nightmares. <laughs> and I live by myself. And Vader is no help. Vader's not scary. No, it's, yeah, scary movies. I don't know. I'll always say to Jake, let's put a scary movie on. Let's watch one. And then two minutes in, I'm already covering my eyes. I'm like, yeah, no, turn it off, turn it off. I'm a wuss. Yeah, I love that you try because I'm always like, nope, don't do it. Don't. I, I fully admit it. And I've had people be like, really? Like, you're how old? I'm like, I don't care. I'm old enough to not care that you'll judge me about it. Like, I don't want to watch it. Leave me alone. Not an age limit on fear. Well, I don't enjoy it. Like, I, I startle very easily. Vader and I startle. There have been several times where we're, it's late at night because I was doing whatever, or it's not even that late at night. And we're walking in the hallway and somebody opens the door that we're walking past. And I don't know which of us jump further, Vader or I, and hit the wall or whatever. And we're scared the whole rest of the walk or we're looking over our shoulders or because we got startled like that. It's just it's just safer for my sanity if people don't try to scare me. <laughs> the world is scary enough. The world is a dumpster fire. I don't need to look at things that scare me. I need comfort in life, man. <laughs> I want to give a big thanks to Letty Frame for joining me for such a fun conversation. Also, to all of our fans for checking this podcast out. I hope you liked what you heard and decide to stick around. Please make sure to subscribe to the Fat Books podcast on YouTube or Spotify or that little purple icon on your Apple device. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on who we're recording with and when episodes are coming out. There's also a Patreon if you want to support the podcast and keep it going. Now let's hear a bit about what she's working on and what's next for her fans. So my trilogy is a long time in the making getting finished. I'm so excited for it to be done. I mean, series finals are so hard to do. But after this, I'm going straight into another series finale for my Luna series. But then I get to write a brand new series. It's going to be a duet and I am so, so excited. My main character is a human. She's just had a baby at the beginning of the series, at uh, this beginning of the book, and her baby shifts into a wolf. And so it's going to be very fun to explore the dynamics there where the baby is a wolf and she cannot help the baby that way. So she meets, I'm, I'm not going to spoil the plot because I'm really going to do that. The series finale is called Happiness Has End. The final book in Malina series will be Destiny and then the brand new book will be called Baby's First Howl. It is up for pre-order and even if you just want to go and look at the really pretty cover, you can do that. It's really, really pretty. I'm really, really excited. Thanks for staying until the end and hope you enjoyed it.